When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Two goalies, one Mike. Uh, joined here by uh, host of the uh, Strick podcast, along with Andy Strickland, former NHL vet with the uh, or alumni, sorry, with the uh, St. Louis Blues and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, an absolute fucking electric factory. Uh, we have on with us Cam Jansen. Cam, how the fuck are you doing, bud? Oh, we got you're still muted. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's my fault. You were still muted. It's- it's probably for the best that I'm muted. No, I, think, uh, I think Andy probably hosts that show. But what's going on, guys, man? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, of course, we're going also by Kyle Quick. Uh, we've ha- had him on previously. Um, Kyle, I know your uh, day isn't off to a great start, but thanks for hopping no, on. No, it's, it's my birthday, too, and we just got pumped. It's your birthday? Holy <laughs> shit. A couple of clicks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a tough day. It's a tough day today. But, uh, Lose a game well, you shouldn't lose. Not a good day. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then obviously, uh, intern Carson with the show. Thanks for hopping on with us, buddy. Yeah. Really appreciate you uh, helping fill in for Cully. So we still have the two goalies, uh, two goalies uh, thing going on, but uh, unfortunately, not the not not Cully as he's got daughter duty today. Got big shoes to fill. Yeah, big <laughs> shoes to fill. Uh, but uh, again, Cam, thanks for hopping on with us. Um, appreciate you uh, taking the time. You mentioned before we uh, went live that uh, it's a beautiful day out there in St. Louis. Uh, outside uh, in Buffalo here, last weekend, you could have rollerbladed outside. It was so nice. Now it's an absolute snowstorm. So yep. funny how that is, man. No, we, uh, we've been getting crap on for like, uh, we, it's been pretty hardcore here in St. Louis. Like it's, it could be 70 degrees one day and then it go it gets a sleet storm. So today in the next week, it's finally going to get nice. So, People are out and about doing their stuff, but I'm chilling, man. It's all good. A lot of hockey going on today, by the way, which is quite nice. Yeah, we got the Heritage Classic here at 4 o'clock, obviously on the heels of uh, the Sabres beating the Golden Knights and the infamous uh, Jack Eichel return, which we'll get into a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, definitely a good good slate uh, for hockey on a Sunday. Um, And we're going to get right into it, too, with the St. Louis Blues and the season that they're having, Cam. Uh, Last time we had you on, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, um, them winning, them winning the Stanley Cup, uh, the, the significance of Ryan O'Reilly in that lineup, and then of course just the Stanley Cup parade. Where honestly, we got a lot of positive reviews from that episode with how animated and how uh, 
how uh, unhinged almost you were talking about the parade. So I, uh, I expect nothing less than that from you today. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that was, I mean, that was a special event. Like, you know, the guys have kind of been uh, through a, a difficult past couple years after that whole uh, huge celebration. So that was unique in its own self. It's hard to uh, replicate that because of how fun and exciting it was for the city. And again, I don't look at it like as a fan, more like a business too, by the way. So like I know this town and I know a bunch of guys and, and girls and everyone that own companies. And, you know, when you're from here and, you know, you've lived here your whole life. And of course, I've gone to Jersey and Nottingham and whatnot, but I've always been here. So you just know how people like benefited from the blues being successful on a business level. And and so like you, you and then they kind of need that. So uh, on in that sense, it would it amplifies everything uh, throughout the celebration, man, because, you know, people. Our, our, the businesses are packed and everybody's kind of happy. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we, we always talk about, especially with how good the bills are right now. Um, obviously kind of like an upsetting end of the season where yeah. uh, the 13 seconds, <laughs> the final 13 seconds of that game uh, was really a talk about mismanagement. I think on the level of the mismanagement, uh, if you want to, if you really want to try and compare the two, the mismanagement of the Buffalo Sabres over the last 10 years, is probably equates to the mismanagement of those last 13 seconds of that uh, AFC championship game. Man. But uh, yeah, I you uh, always support it. Like you listen, maybe I was talking about this on my show the other day though. Like people were like, Oh, Buffalo must be tough to play there. I'm like, no, it's not, man. Like you're, it's an awesome city. And if you are good, that fan base will be crazy. They're, they reminds me of St. Louis fan base. Like they're crazy. Now Buffalo has its own craziness where you're jumping off. I, I, I get all that. And I love it. Especially the bills. They do. We, I, I, as a as a broadcaster, broadcaster, as a guy that does radio every day, it's fun to talk about that kind of stuff. Just how how much the fans are into it, and how much they will support their their team no matter what. And so, like, if you guys have a good team, like the '90s, your lead up, by the way, in your intro, listen to Rick Jan- uh, Jaronat, whatever his name is, who's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, he was so good. I always appreciated guys that were into the fights. You know. Some some announcer be like, oh, they're fighting now, but he would be so crazy, and it just amplified the fight so much to where even if you lost, you felt like you won because he was so into it. Yeah. Um, now, Quickie, I know uh, obviously you're pretty uh, in touch with the local hockey scene here. You've you played a pretty live level of hockey. You mentioned uh, beforehand that you were uh, pretty familiar with uh, playing in the St. Louis area. Before we cut get right into the uh, the Blues, you just want to you know kind of familiarize everybody with that. Yeah, no. So I uh, played in the North American League uh, for Jeff Brown and the St. Louis Bandits. And uh, that year, I think Brownie's a really competitive guy, um, really competitive, animated, so chaser. Um, But I think we lost nine games all year. Um, You know, it was a it was a different we we were in Chesterfield. We're actually at the Hardy's Ice Blacks at that point. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good place to play, you know, really nice, clean city, a lot of things to do around there. Um, you know, it was a fun time. Uh, I was 17 at the time. So I was the, one of the young guys on the team. Um, like we had 21 year olds. It was fun. Um, but again, just the city itself, like everyone, it would, uh, Cam saying here, it's, it's a really nice city. It's very comparable to Buffalo. You could drive downtown, you know, St. Louis, obviously a little bigger, but, you know, same feeling. Once the teams are going, it's a lot of support. You know, it's a, it's just a good feel, you know, between Buffalo and St. Louis, you know, similar fan bases, similar, you know, mentality, you know, you get, you get there. It's, it's a good time. Definitely. Brownie definitely. yell at you a couple of times. 
couple times. Couple More of the refs. He, he, likes yelling, refs. he likes yelling at the refs. The refs. Yeah, you know, shit he does. Yeah, your yeah. dumb D. He calls you guys the, the dumb D. He always says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah no, he'll he, no, but he'll build you back up, though, man. There's a lot of knowledge, and they and it worked, didn't it? Like he was, he, he was work. the best. He was the yeah. best coach I ever had. Yep. Like from his style of play when he played, I was a yeah. really similar offensive defenseman. Yeah, man. Sauce his Captain. knowledge was unbelievable. He was the best sauce. I'm telling you, ask Brett Hall. Yeah. Brownie was the best at sauce passing on a power play. He'd come across. He could rip you the puck. Yeah. Over everybody's stick and land perfectly where Holly could get that shot off. His hammer, like, he yeah. was off. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he was. He got going in practice in those mini games. He was. He, yeah, he, he jumped did. in. He jumped in. He was, he was awesome. Though. They were he great, great people. Great people. Still, but animated. We all we all skate together in alumni. Man, we have a badass. You should see the rink we have now. Dude. No, we won yeah. nationals last year. You 18, see it? 18. Yeah, it's really nice. Nice here in my room. You see that mug? So Packed with really, booze. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. So Jeff Boston, there's a guy moving to Buffalo. Jeff Boston, he's a yeah, he's yeah. moving to Buffalo. I'm close with Jeff, and he was down with Brownie and Chaser in the alumni room to like 4:30 the night before he was moving yeah. in St. Louis. He's <laughs> having a good time there. Yeah, you know? man. Well, shit, it's they fun. built that thing because the Blues are good. We have a bunch yeah. of kids that make it. Hockey and and St. Louis is gigantic. Everybody played hockey's like the cool thing to do, 100%. and we kind of you know every it just all kind of came together and they needed a big ass rink and there you have it. So one of the nicest in the United States. Really nice. Yep. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Uh, now just trying to get into like kind of the St. Louis blues here, obviously us being from Buffalo, we're not really in touch with what's going on in St. Louis. I follow as much as I can, uh, just as I'm sure you try and follow the, around the rest league Two camp, you know, maybe not so much Buffalo because outside of what happened, uh, no, there's uh, drama there. We, we follow oh, drama. Yeah, <laughs> drama. Yeah. We know, we all know the drama, but before no the, shit. before that night, I mean, really was there much to talk about with what's going on in Buffalo, but, uh, you know, the Blues sit second in the Central at 75 points. Avs, obviously, kind of do- been dominating that division with 87 points. Um, Wild, just three points back. Uh, you know, you know, Benner, you know, he was a big talking point last time we had you on. Obviously, he's struggling this year, 13-12, and 12, 308 goals against, and a 904 save. Um, you know, and it's kind of like almost the same storyline when he first kind of took the reins in St. Louis, right? Like, this is why I've always been against paying goalies big money because you can always find one. They want, you know, always can find one. Not saying that Benner is never going to get back to where he was, but Billy, who's you so 15 and four, 224 save and 19, uh, 915 save. And I mean, even last year, he played, played pretty well going nine and six. So, you know, kind of give us, you know, your your perspective on that, what's been going on in net in St. Louis. And then um, obviously, the, one of the bigger storylines was, uh, was Vlad, you know, being upset coming into the year with his situation. Well, I'll start with the goalies. Um, yeah, you know what, Billy Huso, you got to understand, was, you know, he, he got injured at the wrong time in 2019, although it probably worked out the best for the Blues. But he was slotted ahead of Benner. You know, he's a good goalie. Um, but he just, you know, goalies are weird because it's hard. You, there's only two of them. Like, you can't, you know, sometimes you get kind of like, uh, you know, forgotten, even if you're really good in the minors because it's so scrambly in front of you. Like, the travel's weird. Like, it's hard to find your groove. So your numbers can be skewed for how really good you are and maybe you get injured at the wrong time so it's like tough being a goalie to even like make the nhl because of course you only have two slots so there's a lot of really good goalies that just kind of push aside and they just you know fall off the face of the earth but um but billy's coming in he's doing his thing and people are complaining like oh the blues have a goalie problem well a goalie problem is when you have two bad goalies and billy Mm -hmm. huso is playing really well and and not saying that 
Benner's bad, but he's not he's not playing great. Now, do I have faith in Benner? Damn right. Because you'll never – I don't care how good you are throughout the – no one could replicate what Benner went through. He no. took everything on him like, okay, I'm going to do this. And he went through that and, and dominated and all of a sudden goes into Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoffs with all this pressure, and he figured it out. So he did it. So maybe he's bad now, but I feel like you could still get that out of him. But you know what? Billy Huso goes in there and he's playing unbelievable. And you could always tell he's good. Goalies are good because not that I'm going like, to break down goalies. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not a goalie expert. But I watch enough hockey and I, you know, but he doesn't get out of position. Like, he's just there and he's able to get side to side. And some of these saves he's making, where there's like three games in a row where I'm like, oh, that's the save of the year. Oh, that's the save of the year. Oh, that's the save of the year. Where he just like f- finds a way to like kick his leg out. And he's so skinny where he looks like, um, what's he look like? Jack off of um, uh, that that uh, nightmare on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas where he has those yep. skinny ass legs. And he's like, whatever. I can see that. Weird, weird analogy. Sorry, it just popped in my head. <laughs> no, no, I can see it. You know what I mean? He's just able to like to sprawl out and make these badass saves. Like he's, he's good. So, you know, right now you're going to play him and, and leading up to the playoffs and the grind here, like you're going to play the best goalie. They need the points. They, you know, they want to play a Nashville instead of playing a Colorado first round, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, they're, 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 they're okay in this situation. And I think a lot of people, including coach uh, Craig Berube is still confident with uh, uh, Jordan Bennington because of what he's done. And when he's on, he's on. And right now, Huso's playing better, so you got to go with him. And the Vladdy situation, dude, that's long gone. Like, look, over the summer, like, Vladdy, like, his agent was involved. Like, it just was – he wasn't getting playing time last year. He's been through hell and back with surgeries. I think um, his agent got the best of him as far as being loud and, you know, the medical stuff and whatnot. But, listen, I said this at the beginning of the year, like, in the end of the day, man, he's going to walk in there and be like, dude, my bad. All, all that drama, my bad. Let's, let's just play. And everybody's going to be like, Meh, okay, cool. And they did that. And now he's doing his thing. He's playing unbelievable. One of his best years since he was, you know, young. And he's taking games over. And no one, there's no drama. And, and they won the best offenses in the league, man. They roll four lines. They're finding their fourth line now. And Vladdy's just doing his shit. Yeah. yeah. And then touching on that Tarasenko thing. Um, two other players have kind of had a breakout season this year in uh, Jordan uh, Cairo and Robert Thomas. They've always kind of been in the NHL and that really struggled, but this year they've really found their footing in the NHL. Like what's kind of been behind that? Uh, well, they, they have the puck the whole game, yeah. you know, <laughs> they, they, they have the puck the whole game and they're just like, they're fine. Each other. Jordan Cairo is so good at like, he'll take three strides. I'm like, what are you going to do? And he, he's able to like cross over so well, or he just like fakes like he's going one way and just steers across and then pulls it back. So he's always got a shot off. He's so damn dynamic. And now they're getting comfortable. And I think Robert Thomas put some muscle on. So he's able to spin off a guys a little bit more. Where he's always wanting to pass, wanting to pass. Now he's like, you know what? I'm going to go bar down. Now he's like, fuck all y'all. I'm going to shoot pucks. Now I'm even scarier. Because you think I'm going to pass over and go through three guys, which I could do. But no, I'm just going to go bar down on you. I'll, I'll fight. I see that gloves like hanging there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you, goalie. Now he's getting that confidence. So they are scary, man. They are. The Blues are loaded. They are. Yeah, again, at every level, when you can go, when you just talked about finding their fourth line, when you can find that those four lines and roll, I mean, you just become much a just a dynamic team and you can do more. And again, that's obviously when you get to the playoff time, that's what's going to kick in and being effective. Uh, 
you know, roll in the run. You know, we talk about goaltending, we talk about four lines rolling, talk about just consistency, and that's what you're looking for, especially at, again at every level. You know, and again, yeah, they they kind of so they went through some. They've had ten different lines, I believe, this year on the fourth line. Yeah. Now Sonny's been hurt. Shit's been going down. Like there's a couple of injuries. Dakota Joshua had a, a good chance to really solidify himself, and he's a good kid, and he played some good games. But fucking Baruby's like, I'm, you're not playing physical enough. Yeah. You're not in there. You're not loud. You're not hitting guys. Like man, some of these fourth lines, some of these guys are that that who's that kid from Nashville, Tanner Jano, uh, who's yep. just yep. murders guys, scores goals in your face, like fucking challenges guys every shift. He's looking around like, fuck all you. What, what, what? And it, <laughs> and it, no, he drives people crazy. And yeah. people are like, I'm not fighting that fucking guy. But he plays and he penalty kills and he has the most hits in the league. And you're like, what do I do about him? Yeah. So it's like, like you need to have a motherfucker or a couple of them. And yeah. they've kind of gone through different uh, variations, a lot of different variations for the fourth line. And you need to solidify that. And people are like, oh, well, don't worry about your fourth. No, no, I'm telling you. No, no Stanley Cup winners not have a fourth line that's like something. It's just no. the way it is, man. That's yeah. how you solidify your team. So anyway, yeah. they're going through different players, the Blues are, and they found a couple new guys. Not new guys, but guys that they had, and they sent down the kids in McEachern. Now they get this uh, Torbchenko kid who's about 6'3", who could fly, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to play a little pissy, and now he's hitting guys. And Craig Brew was like, yep, you're playing. So they kept him, and now you got, uh, of course, uh, uh a Logan Brown coming up, and he played a hell of a game the other night. So he's going to be bounced around in the third and fourth line. So they're starting to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. I when you when you when you mentioned uh, you know what's his face from uh, I'm sorry uh, from Nashville. One of the names that popped into my mind my, my mind was uh, Colasar from uh, the Golden Knights, a kid that you know we hate him right now because he sucker punched Casey Fitzgerald right after a fight. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, but uh, that that I mean. That's one thing. What, what is is the the code is still a thing, right? Now some people say the code isn't a thing, but like you know, you just don't do that. You don't you don't I, do that. I, what what do you do again? Because that, that so I didn't... him and Fitzgerald were fighting. Colasar uh, yeah. was responding to a hit, a, a clean hit in my opinion, at center ice, and then Colasar responds. They drop Casey. Like this is like his third fight of the season, which nobody really expected that of him uh, coming in yeah. uh, as a rookie, but. Uh, he obliged. They fought. Um, it was pretty quick. And then while they're both like on the ice, you know, refs are separating them. Colasar comes off with two crosses right to right yeah, to the face, one, one connecting. And that's Gullison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, I love Colasar. I love the way he plays. Like he, everything you said about or said just now before that makes me think of a guy like him. A guy, he's a he's a motherfucker. You don't want to play against him. He's tough to play against. But outside of that one instance, like that's the type of guy I think. And I think Buffalo really lacks. Buffalo that needs right those. You need that you need a you need a guy. And even sometimes if that happens, you're like, yeah, okay, my bad. I screwed up. Don't you know you don't have to listen, that extra stupid shit that Marshawn does it and look, he's gonna score on you too. Like he's a Marshawn's unbelievable. Now he can not do as much shit and he'll still be unbelievable. But if you're a fourth line guy, you don't need to. If I'm an if I'm a GM or a coach of an organization, I want that guy to not have to do the punchy punch things afterwards to get this. I want you to do enough throughout the play to where you're scary and mean and maybe a little unpredictable throughout the play, where you're not extra whacking a guy. Just you might catch a guy weird with a hit. I rather you do that crazy shit than like. I'm going to cross-check you the, the second Absolutely. time or I might slash you because I'm crazy. No, you're stupid. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want you to like, I would want a guy that's more in control. That's just mean. That's it's so intimidating, but it's hard to find, but you, there's guys like that. They just kind of kind of put it together and hold it together because it's tough to, you know, that, to play on that fine line, man, it's, it's hard not to cross it, you know, and yeah. do something stupid. And talking about that, like obviously the Sabres, we haven't had that type of guy here. A guy I played with in college, Garnet Hathaway on Washington. Yeah. You know, really you. tough. Yeah. Like goes hard, you know, plays between the whistle, pisses people off. Like yep. you need that in your lineup. You need, you need some salt and pepper in your lineup to get, you know, things going to piss people off and to piss and vinegar to piss people off. Yeah, but, ruin, it hurt. Man, I hate playing against guys like that. Worse, man, I hate playing worse. against guys like that even when we're skating with the alumni with yeah. a guy. Fair, I'm like, God damn it. Like, it just yeah. pisses you off, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, you can't explain it unless you're in, you've been there, yeah. you know? It's, it's, those guys drive you nuts, and you're like, fuck yeah. you, and now you're whacking them, yeah. and you're getting a penalty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, for two years. I deal with that every fucking weekend, man. We need to talk about like the, uh, your alumni games. Like I play a lot of beer league still and you know, I'm all washed up. You know, I don't play, I, I, I think I play an okay level, not like probably quickie playing over in the premier Harbor center. First uh, place, no big deal. First place, yeah. no big deal. But, uh, and that yeah, Carson over here still playing college, but I, uh, you know, you deal with that stupid shit. Like every single Saturday and Sunday night, people just uh, won't put the yearbook the away, worst. you know? Yeah, makes you not want to play men's league. That's the biggest thing. You just don't yeah. want to play with that. I know. Yeah. Well, look, if a guy tries hard, I don't give a shit. Yeah. The guys in men's league that piss me off are the guys that hook you. Yeah. That because if you hook a guy, you're lazy. Like yes. don't hook me unless you have 700 games in the NHL, like Larry yeah. Kennedy or fucking Brownie. Yeah. If Jeff Brown hooks me, I'm like, God damn it, Brownie. But yeah, you can. But some yeah. dipshit hooks me. That means you're fucking lazy. Yeah. Don't don't put your stick in my, my your your stick in my legs when I'm going in the corner either. So you trip me. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. And don't yep. shoot a fucking slap shot when the puck's rolling when you're standing in front. We were blowing out a team two weeks ago. It was like seven to two, like with uh, ten seconds left in the third. And we have a, we my best friend's little brother's on the team. He's like 19 years old and he doesn't really know the ins and outs of men's league yet. He just coming <sighs> off playing real yeah. competitive hockey. There's honest to God, five seconds left. Uh, Dylan Klodzinski, I'll give him a little of a, sh- a little of a pump here, but he just winds up from the top oh, of the face. You're a fucking idiot. Like, mind uh, you, we had just scored the previous faceoff. We had just scored like 10 seconds uh, earlier, and the goalie at the start of that faceoff didn't even have his helmet on anymore. He was ready <laughs> to get tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't take slap shots. When oh, my God. I, I, I had to tell him after, like, listen, buddy, I love you. I love you. But I'm not going to protect you <laughs> when yeah, you do exactly. something like that. Like, like I don't like guys, happening. man. Like you got to know where your stick is at all times. You yeah. can't, you can't fucking high stick a guy in men's league and no. cut him open for fucking sixteen in their face yeah. when they got to go sell business the next day because yeah. you don't know where your stick is. You're yeah. a dumbass. You're a jackass. That's why we're so like protect. Like none of the alumni want to skate with dipshits. We no. we bring in our own guys that skate with us that know what we. You know you. We don't want to get cut open for 15 again when most of these guys are working. They got to do their shit. They're like, you can't, we don't want to deal with that. And uh, they, to, to, your, to your point on that, uh, McKee used to run the skate here in the summers. Jay? And oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> there was a guy out there who was, you know, it was, it was that pre, you know, that August time when guys are coming back in town, but yeah. just getting in shape, you know, that type of skate. And there's a guy out there being a hero and he hits uh, Conley from behind. Peters took the guy 
and literally took him by the back and just literally skate him off the ice and threw him off. Yeah, I'm I got to ask Petey like, about this. Holy get out of here. You just like don't you. do that, man. That's why you don't – and whatever. Like, we sound like princesses, but I don't give a fuck. I am a princess now. I don't want to get caught with, with a, I don't by a weirdo out there that trips me up and I, have, I, I blow my AC joint out and I have to pay for it now because, you know, fuck that. So like it, hockey, you can still get hurt big time, man. Even in yeah. even in little pickup leagues, and that when you get hurt, it costs you money. Yeah, yes. dude. Like, right? Like yeah. maybe I'll get hooked up because I know doctors here because I'm privileged and I work for that, and that's fine. In St. Louis, I played here. Like I get hooked up. Yeah. So if I get my shit, I probably get hooked up here and there. But most people can't. So if somebody yeah. high sticks you, you lose your fucking teeth. A, you yeah, can't dude. go to work the next day. You yeah, can't right. do that. But you still love the game. So there's weird, you know, you can't play with dipshits, man. Yeah. There are people that are not I'd rather yeah. play with people that don't know how to give me a puck and you can chirp them for that, or then guys that are wild with their stick and stupid about yeah. hitting you when you from behind and stuff. Yeah. And that is a thing in in our skates, especially yeah. in Canada. Those yeah. guys are crazy up there. Yeah. Dude, we had Ryan Smith on, you know, Mr. Canada yeah. on our pod. Remember he got rocked in that league by that dude? Like those guys all hit you up there. Oh, they like, will body yeah. check you and hit yeah. you. Like legit, they play like full hockey. It's crazy. It's crazy. I get, dude. I'm telling you, I get asked to do all kinds of shit. Yeah. I get asked to go to these tournaments up there, and they'll yeah. pay me money and all that stuff. I go, no, <laughs> no motherfucking way. No, yeah. you have to pay me a shit ton of money. Yeah, some some dipshit's gonna show up, work. drink, and then you never know. And then beat my ass, maybe. What if he's nah, really yeah, fucking yeah. tough? Like, I don't yeah, want to get. I don't know about that. Or I know, but I'm not. Or knock me out where my I have a concussion now where my head's okay. I feel like I could perform every day on radio, da, 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 whatever. I could feel okay. But then this dipshit rocks me, and I'm like, I see black for fucking six yeah. months. I'm not Dude, doing it. I yeah. remember we had uh, you know, a kid I used to coach, uh, Christian Wickham, uh, filling in for our men's league team once uh, just before we transitioned to the next subject. Uh, he came in, filled us for a night, and there was literally 10 seconds left in the game. We were losing. And he was just going for a loose puck and his kid, just like you said, not being aware of his stick. His stick rode up his shaft, yeah. clipped him in the mouth. He lost three teeth, had oh. to have his mouth, he had to have his mouth uh, like uh stapled shut for like a few weeks, something oh. like that. Had to have surgery. Luckily, his mom is like, you know, a dental surgeon or orthodontic surgeon. So like he was taken care of, but the same thing, man. Like, Dude, like and he was playing in the SPHL at the time, at the yeah. time. Like he was playing at like some some higher level hockey and just fucking just coming in to you know do me a favor and just gets his mouth clipped pretty bad. Not so, worth it. Not, not worth, worth it at all. Now, chips. The yeah. uh trade deadline's eight days away, Cam. Uh do you see the blues being active? Fuck yeah. But like listen, Doug Armstrong, dude, he, he's <laughs> he's the best of the best. I mean, right now he, he's up there. He knows how to find ways to to, to get things done now what do i what do i think is going to happen i have no idea you just don't know but i would say they'd like a left-handed defenseman that could like log some minutes and kind of have some umph back there that you can never have too many big defensemen that could you know you get guys out in front of the net penalty kill block shots this that and the other when when the dog days come when you can get away with a lot of shit when playoffs come so i think he's kind of looking for that we do have prospects that are really good that we'd like to see what's going on. I say we, the Blues, like shit. That's not me, but I just say no. Nah, you're still with the organization. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, but whatever. I talk about them more than anybody does, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Fine, I say we. But the point is, like, you know, yeah. I think his phone is always going to be open. He's calling everybody. 
He's very respected. Um, how the salary cap's going to play into things, I don't know. But we always think that way, and he finds ways to get things done. So uh, I would say a defenseman would be would be the talking point here in St. Louis, a big boy. Um, but where are they? Who, who, what, where, you know, where are they at? And, and I, that, Oh, uh, Chikrin just got banged up from Arizona. He was always on the list. So um, there's other guys out there. We'll see what happens. But the one guy you always think they're going to get, it's, an, it's the other guy you, you don't think about, you know? Yeah. You know, that's another thing too, is uh, we're, uh, Buffalo's kind of, you know, we're, we're supposed to be sellers, but I think Kevin Adams, knowing that you have Owen Power just all almost but here as soon as the, his college season with Michigan is over. Oh, yeah. uh, by the way, a couple of clicks for Michigan, they beat. Um, How's he doing, by the way, that power kid, man? Because Dude, he's he's the real deal. Is he dominating down there? I yeah. Attention. yeah, he – if he, I think if he doesn't go to uh, the Olympics, I think that he's clear-cut Hobie Baker winner. Really, uh, with the, he was more than a point per game as a defenseman. Um, even with Devin Levi, the goalie from Northeastern, which is also our prop, you know, Sabres property from the Sam Reinhardt deal, he's having like an historic season. Um, I think Owen probably would have won it. it you oh, know, Owen did get stuck in China. Oh, thank God. No, thank okay. God. Yeah, no, he did not. Well, how did he get... do? Was he okay in China when he played? He, he only the only bad game I think you could say he maybe played and it was maybe one or two moments was the first game against USA but yeah he was solid dude, man he you logged never know what those guys dude it was yeah. such a weird event they were probably like, getting yeah. the fuck out of here yeah. the whole time anyway he led the team in uh, in minutes as a friggin' nineteen yeah. year old defenseman Good. every single night man Buffalo's gonna turn on you guys deserve it you fans support I hate. It. Can we get into Jack Eichel real quick? I mean, is that yeah, yeah. I see that, that's exactly. I want to bring in too. We have Ryan Jury from the Instigators podcast. He's going to hop What's in here too. Uh, Ryan, thanks for popping in because I want to get some extra points of you and almost do like a round table here on the Jack Eichel comments. Um, you know, just uh, you know, Eichel made some comments. Um, definitely, I'll play them here in a second. But uh, you know, you you being a guy who I, in my opinion, I kind of thought of you as you know when trying to figure out a guest to bring on to really speak on this, you know, how outspoken you are, you know, how, how did you, um, how would you take the whole situation starting from the beginning when Jack what, what, what asked for a trade two years ago after he found out the Sabres were going to rebuild again, he asked for a trade because he didn't want to be a part of another rebuild going into his sixth year. And then the whole neck thing, not, not thing, but the neck, you know, back and forth neck thing between him and the organization. And now going from the beginning to the point where he made the comments, Cam, well, I mean, first off, I like Jack because uh, when Spitting Chicklets asked him who his favorite guest was, he he mentioned my name, and so that in <laughs> itself, if he thinks I'm funny, then I like I like it no no matter what because that's how I am, which is kind of embarrassing, but that's all good. But the way he played that, man, I look anytime anybody bashes fans, I don't like it. You want to bash the organization? Fucking do it. Go ahead. You you do, you know the inside more than anybody does. You know, you went out there, the captain of that team. I get that. But once you bash fans, like these people that you weren't that good and they still supported you, like I would never do that, man. Like even if they boo you, who gives a shit? Like wave to them and smile. Listen, I'll give you an example. Like being on on Twitter and stuff like that, knowing you guys know what I'm talking about, like always putting content out, like always people are going to be on you. And you kind of – sometimes it bugs you, sometimes it doesn't. But most of the time, you know – when they say something, they chirp you. If you say back, like, yeah, I get that. They're like, ah, it's all good, Cam. I love you, man. Listen to podcasts. You're like, damn, okay. 
But if you didn't acknowledge that guy, you'd think he'd hate you. Meaning when mm -hmm. Jack's there and they boo you, if you just sort of like, I love you guys, I get it, bring it on, I'm going to do my thing. They'd be like, fucking right, you did your thing here. But he just, you make a 10, they, you made 80 million bucks from them. Yeah. And now you're like, fuck this is a bit, what? If I, I don't know, like you could have just been like, you know what? It's not the fans. You guys support us. I tried my hardest. This organization, uh, I got a maybe got a problem with it. I wanted one thing. He did it. Whatever you want to say, to the organization, fine. But the fans, you can never, never go against them, man. Like even if they're bashing you, if you if your rebuttal is something positive, a little bit self-deprecating for once, and say I love you guys no matter what, then they would they would they would instantly be like, yeah, okay, I like you. But then now you double dose on it. I don't know, man. Little gutless. Chirp the organization all you goddamn want. They deserve it. No offense. But if you chirp the fans, ah, I don't know. You're digging yourself a hole. I don't do that shit. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pump it over to uh, Quickie. Yeah, no, again, I think at the end of the day, you know, the organization, you could say, as he said, you could say what you want. You know, obviously there's problems here. You know, I think the team's up for sale. Could be close. Just saying. Yeah. Um, and again, I think at the end of the day, you know, when you go into another city and someone's booing you, it's, there's a reason. Obviously, they're not happy you left, so embrace it. Um, you know, they're they're doing it for a reason. They actually liked you here. You know, just embrace it. It's just it's well, his comments after. I mean, it, it. You know, I listen to Ribs and Geo and Peters, their podcast, and those guys. Obviously, Ribs is pretty outspoken. I know Geo in the locker room was, you know, was uh, you know, but at the end of the day. You know, it has nothing to do with the fans. Embrace it. And that's all you can say, you know. But I think his first talk he gave where, you know, I have nothing against that. It seems scripted. Off Then the next one, you know, not scripted. Tough situation after a loss. Everyone's competitive. He's a very competitive guy, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. He's got he's to gotta embrace the fans wherever he is, you know. So. And I'll kick it over to Ryan. You know, uh, you know you've been uh, obviously – quiet since we brought you in but i again, appreciate you coming on you know you being an outsider from the fan base up in uh up in canada um i know that the steve dangle podcast was very outspoken about it you know uh adam wild took some heat um up here down here for that um because maybe not everybody from the outside looking in knows exactly the situation so you know what what were your thoughts on you know the whole situation the situation as a whole and then what led to, eventually led to those comments he made well, first of all, I mean, I just want to say that I knew Cam was going to be on the show, so I do have my Guelph Storm OHL oh, yeah, championship baby. mug yeah, yeah. on here for him. A great, uh, a great Storm alumni, so <laughs> the fans still love you up here, Cam. <laughs> Appreciate um, that, man. Speaking of the fans in Buffalo, and obviously their complicated relationship with Jack Eichel now, you know, it's sad, and I, like I agree with what Cam and Quickie said there. Um, you just can't do that. You can't go against the fans. If you want to come out and criticize past GMs, the the direction that the team has taken, firing basically all their European scouts, the, the scouting job that they do or, or arguably don't do in Buffalo, which is a joke given the budget that the Pagula family has. Yeah. And I don't want to hear about them, you know, crying poor or we got to save money here. We got to save money there. Really at the end of the day, that's what this breaks down to in the sad saga that is Jack Eichel as a Buffalo saber is, is penny pinching putting the wrong people in the wrong positions at the wrong time 
and not drafting well around him. I mean, they they swung for the fences on a number of free agents, including Jeff Skinner, who has rebounded nicely this year. Like he's he's played pretty okay, um, and, and that's good to see because you know that poor kid. He's he's one bad concussion away from maybe never playing hockey again, uh, which is good to see. But then you look at the rotating goaltending there. You know, if Jack Eichel wanted to come out and say something about that, even then you'd maybe go, okay, bad taste. But okay, you could you could get over that, especially given what we know now about this whole thing with his neck. I, I didn't agree with how the Sabres handled that, or at least how it looks like yeah. they handled that. Well, yeah. I, I agree with Cam and, and Quick. Like when you come out and say that about the Van, oh, it's the loudest I've heard this. And it's a lie. Like, go fuck man, yourself. I'd be that, pissed. I, I I agree. Like if I'm a Sabres fan and, and really even just as a general hockey, like I like Jack Eichel. Like I like watching him play. Um, I hope he's healthy. Like he is a fun hockey player, but I don't blame anybody and you guys in particular for having ill feelings toward him more than ever. Now, you just can't come out and say that and go against the fans. You know, we saw it last year in Major League Baseball, like when Lindor gave the thumbs down to Mets fans. Like, guys, you can't do that, especially when you're a guy like Eichel or Lindor in that case, making bank. Like, you're taking home bags. And guess who's filling those bags? It's the fans. It's the people that show up at – the arena or the ballpark and buy $17 beers and pay $12 for a shitty slice of pizza. Like those people are your bread and butter and you cannot come out and say something like that. that. I really, really disagreed with what Jack said before, before we cut it over to Gatesy and get everybody's reaction. The, uh, the reaction he's talking about the lotto he's heard here. It is right here. What else out there? Petrangelo's out there. Winfrey kept in by Eichel on the point, but taken by Tuck. Tuck to seal it. Bad angle. Go! Pick your spot. Hit your spot. Krebs has scored. Tuck has scored. Sabres up 3-1. to one. For a team that's looking to find good news to deliver to their fans, to deliver to themselves in the locker room, this win is one of them. Eichel can't keep the puck in to get it past Alex Tuck. He races after it, knowing the game is on his stick. And you don't see many people celebrate an empty netter like that. That means a lot to Alex Tuck. Yeah, I'm pretty happy it's over. Let's move on. Were you surprised at the level intensity of the crowd? That's about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> really, after after uh, it only took seven years of me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mixed. Uh, you know, it was a nice tribute, and uh, you know, um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me, and there was plenty of people here that were booing me. So uh, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it. So just move on, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game. Yeah, I think I yeah. think there he says I'm not the first kid to deal with it. I think he said that. Is that is that right? Yeah, first that one right? to deal with it, and I yeah. won't be the last. You know, uh, Carson. Obviously, I meant to play that earlier, but it kind of uh, the transition of Cam going in about the crowd really uh, it was made for a good transition. So, uh, Carson, your thoughts real quick, and then I'll and then I'll, I'll go to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone first hears it's not what they want to hear, but this is generally probably going to be the best thing to happen to the Buffalo fan base. Like, 
yep. the past two years they've been so disgruntled with everything that's happened. And I mean, public enemy number one have been Terry and Kim Pagula, and they those two are out. happy. Yeah, they <laughs> lucked out because Michael is the one everyone's mad about. And even at the game, like this fan base is split on how they thought about Eichel, but even I mean, an hour after the game, it's everyone's against them and they can kind of, team can kind of move on from there. Like they realize this is probably for the best getting them out of here. And now we have two health players that can, can build this team up and get fans excited again. Now, before, obviously I want to, I want to touch on it one more time before we you know, kick it over to the heritage classic. Cause I know quick, I know you got to get out of here. Uh, um, my thoughts are this, um, he should be embarrassed for saying that because that might've been the loudest reaction the team has gotten all year, but the last seven years, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. This team had a 10 game winning streak with him on it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, that barn has been off the hook quite a few times in his, in his seven years here with that being said, and I, this isn't me being a defender of Jack Eichel. This is me also playing devil's advocate. It's an emotional night. You're emotional. Um, it's an emotional loss. And you have a camera shoved in your face minutes after you step off the ice in a goal where you were directly involved with losing the puck. And it was the guy who was honestly the centerpiece of the trade that sent you to Vegas. Um, do I think that Jack Eichel really thinks that about the fans? Absolutely not. I, I think he knows better. I think the guy got over I personally think that it was an emotional response and he let his emotions get the best of him. And, you know, he responded in that way and it was wrong. He should be, again, ashamed of himself. I think if a half an hour had passed and he was asked that same question, maybe the reaction's a little different. But at the same time, as you touched earlier, Cam, you got paid eighty million dollars by this organization. You were given you even through all the losing, you were given a ton of faith that you were worth eighty million dollars over that contract to you know to to be this team's captain. And not to mention, you were the captain. So uh, again, he should be fucking embarrassed with what he said. Um, even if I, even if I chalk it up to letting, and we're all guilty of it. We've all let our emotions get the best of us. Anybody who says they haven't is an absolute liar. Uh, but with that being said, you should be absolutely fucking embarrassed with yourself for saying that to the fans that a lot of supported you during the whole neck debacle with the surgery between the, uh, the disc replacement and the disc fusion, you, including this fan right here, you had my support. And again, I think the Pagulas are more than happy to pump that sound clip out as much as they can because they were public enemy number one up until that night because now yep. Jack Eichel made him public, made himself public enemy one in the city of Buffalo. So, I, I, I again, he's not my problem anymore. He's not on my team. I am so happy with Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs and whoever we pick with that first and second round pick. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'm going to leave him in my rear view. You know, it's done and over with. I think everything that he said that kind of gave this team a lot of uh, motivation, especially going in today, which is the Heritage Classic, the outdoor game against a very tough opponent, the Maple Leafs, who we just beat over a week ago, five to one. Uh, so I, I'm I'm all about uh, just leaving it in the past. But I mean, he should know better. You're an adult. You're a veteran in this league already. Going in, I think it's just in, he's in a seventh year. You should you should know better about what you said, and you know that everything you said was a fucking lie. It kind of was. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it, every- yeah, it's emotional. He know he knew what he was doing. Like, he, yeah. No matter what, if he would have, if he would have scored, if he would have not scored, it, he still probably would have said something like that. I think that's just kind of what he is. Mm-hmm. And it, it is what. It, but just never blame the fans, man. No, never blame, blame the fans. They're, that they're, was such. You're the one thing that's. Always, they should. Always, you should always be on their side because I don't give a shit. They 
they're the ones that pay for everything. They're the ones that control shit. If there's no fans and it's like, well, what the fuck? If you play well and hard for fans, no matter what city you're in, they're gonna especially they're gonna root for you. <laughs> they're gonna, yeah. You do especially the right thing, they're gonna root for you. I hate Jack Eichel for the comments. I really, I really fucking do. Um, if I'm gonna again, if I'm gonna play devil's advocate, I, I mean, I guess I could say, you know, letting your emotions get the best of you and on an emotional night. But even that, man, you, you just, as you said earlier. Take your knocks at the organization, the Pagulas, you yeah. know, the situation. That's where you should direct your anger and your hatred, not at the fans that have supported you from day one. Uh, I don't agree with that at all, and I hate it. Um, Quickie, let's, uh, you know, you know, response, again, response to that video in the comments. Just any last thoughts? Yeah, no, just last thought. I mean, again, like, you look at Jack Eichel, and my biggest thing is, you know, he's still, you know, we, talk, we call him a vet, but – you know, 25. he's, he's, he's been enabled, I would say, um, to be the way he is. Um, I, you know, I hope for his maturity to grow in Vegas. He's in a different room. I think he's insulated there. He's got more leadership there versus here. I think it'll help him. Um, you know, so hopefully he learns by this stuff and he matures off the ice, um, in terms of this stuff, because it's going to make him a better hockey player long-term. Um, but you know, again, you just, a guy like that, you know, you just don't want to see that again because then it's a red flag. You know, he, he says it again. It's a major red flag about his character. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's a problem. He so. will be asked about it again, too. Next time that guy's in front of a microphone, they're going to bring up those comments. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, and you just mentioned quickie like the the different room he's in. And Cam, mm -hmm. you could, you know, comment on this, too, with the leaders there. It's weird that he didn't maybe take a page and he referenced it in the comments about I'm not the first guy to go through this. There's two guys on his team that through very different circumstances went through something similar. And that's Mark Stone and that's Alex Petrangelo. Two guys that were beloved in their former markets, Petro especially. Like, Cam, I, I'm sure you remember Brad Shaw. He's my cousin. He coached Petro when he yeah. was a rookie. He's my coach too, yeah. He absolutely was. And yeah. uh, he told me to say hi, by the way. Great guy. He uh, he's, a, he's a gem. And he loved Petro. And, like, all the right things. Like, when he left that market, nothing but love. Mark Stone might be an even better example, left a market that has struggled mightily for a long time. And the fans in Ottawa, they are treated horrifically by that ownership group. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if there's a if there's a team in the NHL that can relate to Sabres fans right now, it's the Ottawa Senators, let me yep. tell you. And Mark Stone gets traded and nothing to say, just good things to say. He didn't have some weird medical thing going on with the controversy like Jack did, but same thing. Like he was their franchise guy after Carlson went and nothing but good things to say, you know, melodramatic, nothing. And it's weird to me that, yeah, he, he was emotional when he came off the ice. Sure. But you just can't say stuff like that. And like quick, he said, I'm sure that Petrangelo and stone and guys like that, are going to rein him in a little bit and transform who he is as a person. Because if they can't, nobody, nobody can. Yeah, no, you're right. Petro played it cool. It, it, it was a weird situation, too. And the Blues fans are a little bit upset. But then they get over it because you didn't do anything stupid like that. You know, it's not worth having fans hate you. Like, it's just not worth it. And they don't deserve it. Even if they are a hard on you. That, that's part of it. It's 80 million bucks they're booing you. <laughs> Fuck that. Just be like, I get you. I get you. I get the situation. And all of a sudden you say something nice, like, then it's over. 
But for guys like on the radio, like me every day, I like controversy. So, well, yeah, talk about. <laughs> yeah, Carson. Yeah, and then one thing kind of minuscule maybe camp can go into, but you're going to have a life after hockey. And, you know, you can't be the enemy of Buffalo. Like, if you look at someone like Kyle Orton, who played quarterback one year for Buffalo, for the Bills, he can come back anytime. And he's, he's the king of the city. Like, uh, yeah. that, that one picture of him with a cigar right after that yeah. one big win. <laughs> he, he, Kyle Orton led this team before before they eventually broke the playoff job. I think he might have had, like, the only winning record. Yeah, nine and seven. I'll give you an example. Like, look, look. You could be like, ah, he's got a ton of money. Who cares? Yeah, but you're still going to, like, go place with your family. Mm-hmm. And the fucking fans might be like, fuck you. And then it's like, Ugh. yeah, I have 80 million bucks, but, like, I'm getting treated like shit everywhere because I'm a dick. What's the point yeah. of that? Yeah. I, uh, Why don't you have money and get treated like gold? Now, yeah. they'll get over it. But if you're always a dick to them and, and you say stupid things, like, people are going to fucking chirp you. And, yeah, you got money, but still hit you, man. And now it's going to hit your family. Now you're uncomfortable. Yeah, and uh, obviously um, transitioning in, from that, uh, big game, big, uh, you know, it was, you mentioned a big slate of NHL games today on, on Sunday. Uh, obviously a beautiful Sunday over there in St. Louis. Not so much here. Oh, calling my name right now. I'm telling you that. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. But uh, you got the Heritage Classic here, uh, 4 o'clock in, here, but in Hamilton, uh, Buffalo Sabres. And uh, this, and I, I, I was ecstatic when I heard about this, even though there's such a disparity, I guess you could say, in, in level of talent um, between Buffalo and Toronto, and especially payroll. But, you know, I am a guy who lived for the Buffalo-Toronto rivalry right up the QEW back in the day, back when they wore the old goat head jersey back in my heyday, where I was in the parking ramp as a kid rubbing lotion under 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 uh, uh, door handles for any any cars from the Toronto area, shrink-wrapping, you know, shrink-wrapping cars, heckling Leafs fans in my barn. Like, dude, I did it all with me and my friends, and – to see, I, I I love the jerseys. I kind of wish they would have paid homage to this jersey, even though they're supposed to next year. But uh, I like the off white. I I kind of like the Toronto jerseys. But that's a big a big game today, especially for the Buffalo coming off the heels of such an emotional win against Jack Eichel and the Golden Knights. Where do we all see? I'm sure I'm sure we're all at some at, at some point going to watch this game, but you know, or watch highlights at least. But you know, where do we all see a game like this going with the situation Toronto is? They're starting Morazic. Uh, you know, they've been struggling on on their blue line and in that over the last couple of weeks. Um, both their goalies have a above three goals against right now. Um, and just obviously just they really can't find an identity with being consistent. And then the Buffalo Sabres, you know, led by Donnie Meatballs, Don Granado and former St. Louis Blue, Tage Thompson. I definitely want your thoughts mm-hmm. on that because that was a guy who, you know, we were pulling our hair out because of you know it wasn't really fulfilling his his potential but this year is really taking the league by storm you know we call him the pterodactyl here in buffalo but uh you know just your thoughts on that cam and maybe your predictions for this matchup tonight in, in hamilton buffalo buffalo and toronto well first off like what the, what were you doing with lotion and like what do you what do you fucking say dude huh? what, what'd you do with lotion and what with what oh so i used to in the parking ramp you know before games i would go find license plates from ontario and i would take like icy hot or lotion i'd rub it under their their, their door handles so when they're pissed off after a buffalo sabers win because oh, we used to okay. dominate them they go lift their car handle up you're like yo what the fuck is this he's fucking pissed at you if you did yeah. <laughs> um but anyway okay uh but yeah so i, I think buffalo is going to win this game dude listen when you play outdoors like that like everything's kind of off the table a little bit like it's not normal your setup's not normal 
Like the goalies might have sun in their eyes in one end or something. Like shit's weird, right? The ice is yep. fucked up over there. So like I and like Toronto's kind of like in disarray a little bit. They don't know what the hell's going on. Like you're trying to find a goalie this late in the season. Like that's it's kind of a problem, you know. Like it's not like your backup's playing well. It's like you're trying to find a goalie. Like okay, like with a with what you have with your side. Like, like that's they're in a tough spot. I think I think Buffalo's like you said you mentioned that like. After that game with Jack Eichel, like the, I think that's turn turn around their organization. Like something like that will turn around your organization. It's always going to get turned around sometime, man. Like it just happens. And so I think Buffalo is going to come out and win this game. You never know. That's why you don't bet on games like this, dude. You just don't know how the ice is. There's so many different variables. But I think Buffalo is going to win, man. I and I love watching these outdoor games. Although I don't like, I wouldn't go to them unless I'm sitting in a box. I've been, I've I don't like to, the freeze. You know, I, I'm a princess. I was at the original, the very first winter classic here in Buffalo against Pittsburgh. And we slept out for those tickets, the field house in the summer, like, uh, and it was an absolute wild party out at the field house all night. Like, like just literally nobody slept at all. Everybody drank. And by the time they put tickets on sale, I remember they, they, they announced they were only limiting people to four tickets per person. I had to buy eight people tickets. Uh, myself and everybody was drunk and pissed off when they announced because they were sending so many tickets to Toronto so they can only limit us for whatever reason. I don't know why they were sending tickets to Toronto because I mean, I know, I know, I know they're going to come down here for it, but it was, it was quite a night, a quite, you know, they lost, they lost the game against the, the, the Rangers too, when they played at city field. So, um, just, uh, I'm excited for, but I'll let everybody else get their predictions in quickie. You first. Yeah. I think again, like, you know, I think both teams are in an emotional spot right now, you know, the highs and lows of the year. So you're, you're going to see, you know, Buffalo come out on a high and Toronto's on a low and see who can be even keel and figure it out. I think, I think it's going to be one of those games to see the emotions of both levels. Um, but again, I think Buffalo is just trending the right direction. If, you know, I, I really think they're trending the right direction. Toronto's going the wrong way. Um, obviously goaltending reasons and, I, it, they have a ton of talent, but it seems like, as we talked about, like you can have a ton of talent, but not have the right roles. And that it seems like they're in a little bit of that spot where they just, you know, have not the right roles and guys seem like they're, you know, playing different roles and they're not doing, you know, fourth line is the fourth line, the fourth line you may yeah. have too many skilled guys and not guys to compete. So it's going to be an interesting game, but I think Buffalo's feeling, you know, they're, they're doing what they're doing right now. They're building on young, they're, they're having energy in the room because there's young guys in the room and they're just going to build on that the rest of the year, I think. So should be a good uh, game today for them. Yep. And before uh, we kick it over to uh, Gatesy and you got to go quick, you know, I yep. mentioned that was kind of like a, a, a defining moment for the Sabres, that game and that win. Uh, just this is one of my favorite pictures of all time. And this is amazing um, right here. <laughs> yeah. when, when he when he took that puck off, talk, I mean, it was a tough play for Jack on the backhand after they rimmed it around. I mean, not many guys can make that play, but that is a very defining picture and a picture I want to get absolutely framed if I can, because that yeah. is absolutely. You and many cool. others. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we'll kick it over to Ryan. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one to call, obviously, because like Cam mentioned, you just never know what the ice is going to be like, but, and I'm not just saying this in my prediction because I'm on a Buffalo show. I think the Sabres can win this game. I think they can win it 4-3 in overtime, maybe. Maybe in regulation, 5-3. And I'll tell you why. Obviously, I'll give you the cliche first. Leafs have the number one power play in the league. If Buffalo can stay out of the box and limit it to two penalties taken, they're probably in really good shape. And if they don't let Michael Bunting drag them into a war, they'll be okay. 
The other thing I'll say is, what do we know about this Leafs team over the last number of years? If there's one thing you can say about them, it's that they fail to rise to the big occasions. The first two years they made the playoffs, you can wash that out because they're a young team, sure, whatever. That second year against Boston, they're up in game six with a chance to eliminate them. They choke, and then they lose in game seven in Boston. Then in the play-in round, when we had that weird bubble, they lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets and get shut out in the deciding game. Last year, maybe the worst of all, they're up 3-1 on an inferior Montreal Canadiens team. I know they made the final, Carey Price was dynamite. An inferior team talent-wise. And if the Leafs put effort in in that series, they probably win it. They don't. They choke. So you can look up and down at the big moments that this core group in Toronto has faced over the years. They do not rise to it. And Buffalo is walking into this. With nothing to lose. Yeah. They know where they stand. Yeah. There's no pressure on these guys. They're having fun. They just beat Jack Eichel in the return game, feeling good. They got Tuck rocking and rolling. Tage Thompson, like you mentioned, he looks like a freak right now. He has been playing excellent. Darlene looks like he's got new legs. I just think that Buffalo's going to walk in there with a little chip on their shoulder and go, hey, we still exist and we still like to annoy Toronto. I think that they can win this game, guys. I just want to say they just they just showed pictures of uh you know they like to do their own get-ups for when they enter the game for the outdoor games. The Buffalo Sabres came dressed as the Flint Tropics team. Oh yeah. From, from some semi-pro, one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. I love it. <laughs> Good. Be creative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh the Leafs came in, uh, dressed as construction workers. I'm not really sure where they're going with that, but so that's the village people or something. Maybe, that would I don't be know, man. Because that's... they're in Hamilton and that's Steel Town here in Canada. Oh, okay. That okay. Be, okay. I get that's it. what I get it, it is. Yeah. Gatesy, are you, you already did you already give your prediction? I did not. Okay. But um, I mean we've had a couple games this year for Sabres. You know, they have a big win. They come out the next game and fall completely flat. I know last game with Jack Eichel's a little step above that, but I think this is a huge test for this team and whether they can build off of some successes they've had previously. But I mean, again, like you said, Toronto, they kind of got to figure it out at this point in the season. They've, you know, had a lot of negative media about them on who they are as a team, not only this year, but seems like forever now. And I mean, as interesting as it is, this game's outdoors. One team's going to be pissed that they're going to lose this game because it's, it means a lot to them. So I, my heart says a Buffalo win, but you never, you never know with these outdoor games, but I think Buffalo's going in the right direction here. Agreed, Cam. You said I. Uh, you, you already predicted. You predicted. You predicted a win. I said they're going to tie. You're going to tie. Ten ten. Ten ten. I love it. I love it. You know, imagine another. Uh, who? Who? What was that ten seven game? That was Toronto and Detroit. Yeah. Maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, no, I mean, Craig. Yeah. Craig Anderson got his three hundredth win. Couple clicks for him. But yeah. I'm. Uh. You know. Good for him, but I want an absolute slaughter today. You know, goal after goal after goal. I want goaltending to be so insignificant tonight. Um, I'm going to predict the Buffalo win too, though. I'm going to predict a uh, shootout victory, 7-6. Let's go Sabres. I'm extremely excited. Uh, you know, I haven't been, you know, outside of that Vegas game, Golden Knights game. Um, it's been a long time since I've actually been uh, this pumped for a Sabres game. You know, again, I mentioned before coming in, I was uh, – kind of uh, excited, but you know, there's such a disparity in between levels of talent and payroll between both teams. But I mean, Buffalo just took it to them last week and then they come out with a huge win against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I, uh, you know, I'm going to predict a big, big shootout victory on, on the national stage again, because the first game was on ESPN plus. Um, 
But uh, seven six Buffalo uh, against the Leafs. Eat it, Matthews. I don't give a shit. Um, and uh, just final thoughts uh, from everybody here before we uh, let Cam go enjoy that beautiful day in St. Louis. Well, I, well, I just say appreciate you guys having me on, man. And you know what? To the, all the Buffalo fans, honestly, like I look, I, I'm I'm always for the fans. Like you guys know that you've you heard what I just said about with Eichel, like. Mm-hmm. It's going to turn around for you guys like it will. Like, it, it, it always does. Like, the ownership, you guys got a lot of little things that you got to fix, but it'll come back around, and you deserve it. And you know what? Like, uh, stick with it because you it, people realize that they still want to – wouldn't want to play for a Buffalo Sabres team. You turn that damn thing around, and the fans come back. Like, the crazy – how crazy they are, man. It attracts a lot of people. It's a cool town. You got You got a lot of cool things going on over there. So – you, it'll, it'll turn around, man. We look, we've been through this shit too with St. Louis. Like, goddamn, like 50 years, people are going crazy. Now we've had superstars and stuff like that. With Brett Hall come through. We've had 25 years of playoffs, but we never won the cup. And finally it happened. It was the coolest thing in the world. And now hockey is just psychotic here in St. Louis and such a cool feeling. It's taken over St. It's taken, take, taken over baseball kind of. Yep. Uh, any, anyone else? Any final thoughts? Uh, thanks for hopping on. It was uh, really nice to talk to you and excited for this game tonight. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super pumped. I'm trying to real quick before we go. Uh, I uh, they got a team photo here of uh, the uh, I'm trying to bring it up of the um, of the uh, the Flint Tropics uh, get up they got going. I'm see if I can bring it up here. Ooh, I can. Here we go. This is the quick picture image uh, just posted to the the media accounts. Um, hopefully it loads here. Just give me one second. Um, it's a pretty, pretty outstanding team picture here. Here we go. <laughs> wow. That is absolutely awesome. Dude. Look at that. Is cool. that who, who, awesome. Now, you know, I, I'm trying to find Tage up yep, right there front and center. That there's yeah. your, uh, Jackie moon. There he is. I <laughs> there's love your that. Jackie moon. I'll drink of um, water. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, thanks again. Uh, thanks again, That's Cam, elite. for hopping no problem, out. Boy. We've, we've gotten a lot of requests for you to come back on with us after the first time we had you on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Gatesy. And, uh, again, I know he's not here anymore, but thanks, Quickie, for uh, hopping on with us and making this a lot of fun leading into the Heritage Classic and our Jack Eichel roundtable and getting a glimpse on what's going on in St. Louis uh, heading into the trade deadline, which is eight days away. Yeah, Remember, baby. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case uh, over on Georgia Man Boulevard. Any of your game day needs, you need an adult beverage, get over to Outlet liquor uh this has been episode 90 of two goalies one mike for Cully. i am Dwayne. uh you guys enjoy your day your sunday and we will talk to you later hey everybody this is Dwayne from two goalies one mike a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth whether it be happening right here in buffalo or around the hockey world now you might be thinking hey Dwayne, why would i want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.